Well, welcome everybody to another awesome interview or chat, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of more become a chat than anything else. And I'm kind of digging it. And uh, we have this awesome gal named Amy Sinhad. Awesome. It, we we pretty much at a certain point, I do say I'm going to cut something out, but I couldn't really find a point where I, like the conversation was just so fluid. So uh, for beginning part, it might seem a little chunky. Wait for it. We get into some fun stuff. And uh, like I mentioned many times before, if you like what you're hearing, please feel free to rate and review on whatever. Um, if you do happen to rate and review on Apple, be sure to write a review because I will see it and I will actually post it on my podcast site forever for everyone to see it. And even if you say that thing that about that one guy doing the one thing, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, the thing, <laughs> um, it will be there forever and I'm not going to delete it. So, well, as long as I pay my bills. Speaking of which, advertisers, I know you're listening. Peace sponsorship people. Go to my website. There is a contact me tab. In that contact me tab, there is advertising. Wow. Really thought that went through, huh? Hit me up. Tell me what you're thinking and the project and let's work it out. Let's go from there. All right. I'm talking too long. Let's get right into this. It's going to be fun. Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. That's pretty weird. I know, it's a terrifying lady. <laughs> so how's everything going on your end? Yeah, it's good. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I got two days off in a row, so can't complain. Well done. Yes, well, the weekend was good. Uh, waiting for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything to put an eventful around your area? Um, well, things with COVID are starting to ease up. So yeah. um, they're realizing no choice. We just got to. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Omicron is kind of, we started, I think, two two weeks before you. So it's kind of coming to like going down now. So fingers crossed there's no more variants that freak everyone out. Yeah. I heard there's a French one, but it's just like a, a more violent of the Omicron. So I'm hoping that doesn't do anything. Well, we've had a vaccine. I know there's a lot of people who don't, haven't had a vaccine yet, but the vaccine yeah. is seeming to um, actually Effect. hold. Yeah, quite effective. That's good. Yeah, I got it. Mm -hmm. I, w I was wanting to go to the EU, like Italy and Greece area. And they were like, during 2020, like, well, you have to be vaccinated. I'm like, okay, their country, their rules. I know, I know. A lot of people just don't don't like the rules so they're like well don't come don't come to the country then <laughs> yeah or it's gonna be a really awkward explaining to the cops i know well it's like australia isn't it <laughs> oh my gosh did you hear about how they were snitching on people for taking out their trash no i didn't hear that, what was that? so they had like a curfew at like 6 p.m australian time yeah. this one person literally went out to drop off his trash at 605 and the cop showed up 15 minutes later away the oh neighbors literally snitched on him like you that's just take it out the trash man oh my god that's awful australia really tough they're gone a bit too far i think little but. little extreme yeah a little extreme <laughs> so uh i was actually listening up on some of the episodes you've been on 
Oh, <laughs> it's just like, what is she going to be like? Am I actually going to be able to work for her? My God, you're awesome. Just, just so you know. Oh, thank you. That's pretty nice. <laughs> um, so I was like, let's just get right into it. I'll cut all that out. Tell me about a little about yourself. About myself. Um, yeah. So, gosh, where do I start? So I'm a voiceover artist now. Okay. But um, I was a singer for most of my life, probably when I started singing at the age of, well, I say at the age of six, because that's the first time that I performed in public, but it was way before that. Um, but to be honest with you, I've been singing ever since, but I went on to study it uh, for a degree at Leeds Music College. It's called the Conservatoire now. Um, and yeah, and so I, I joined loads of bands. I did a lot of gigging around, a lot of live performing. Um, I joined a, a group called Women in Jazz, where it's just solely women. I think they've got one in in America as well. Um, I, can't, I think it's in New York. Okay. I might be wrong. Um, but I don't quite, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they're quite popular there. Uh, and then I joined a lot of other bands, predominantly jazz, but then I wanted to sing other stuff as well. Okay. So I wanted to do soul. I love, I love soul and funk and just good pop. <laughs> I say good pop because there are certain songs that I like. And then I went on to record my own album uh, and then I put it out there. And that's, I guess that's when it took me to the next level, but putting my own music out there and it caught the attention of this um, small record label in New York. And we did, we collaborated and then I, I did a couple of jazz singles with them. It was called Half Play Records. So okay. that was amazing. And then I kind of sidestepped away from jazz and I released a couple of country rock songs. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. What inspired you to go from jazz to country rock? Um, I think there's quite a close correlation to jazz and country. In effect, I mean, it all started out like that, didn't it? You got blues, you got, um, yeah, so you got blues, you got jazz, you got country. I mean, look at Ray Charles. He was, he started off in, in blues, blues, then he went on to country. Um, he did a bit of jazz, though. I kind of, it's all intertwined. So, yeah. but I, I think they've got a lot of storytelling in all of it especially blues jazz and country they're all about telling a story about how what's going on in their life um and i think i think i just liked that and i was a little bit obsessed with um <laughs> kind of admit this i'm a little bit obsessed with nashville the tv show and i kind okay. of went into that country road i love that new type of country rock rather i mean i used to love the you know dolly parton and kenny rogers but i really liked the whole uh, new new type stuff that they were putting out so i think my my head was all over the place with that kind of music and i just wanted to release i always wanted to do a duet and that kind of style came to mind and so yeah it kind of worked and then but uh 2019 i kind of i wasn't feeling the music thing anymore um so i wanted to do something else so somebody suggested my sister actually suggested voiceovers and kind of resonated with me and that is what i'm doing now as well as the singing, don't get me wrong, I'm still doing the singing. But <laughs> I was just saying, well. <laughs> can someone like commission a voiceover of a song? Yeah, they can. Well, it's funny because I'm um, doing the voiceover. They wanted, um, so somebody uh, was working for the university and she wanted a jingle for her podcast. So it was kind of like a voiceover, but I had to create a melody. So it was kind of using all of my skills and all of my talents already, as well Thank as you. the voiceover as well. So, <laughs> so um, are you more like just reading speeches or like eclectic strange voices to voiceover? 
Yeah, it's kind of eclectic. So it's not, you don't just read. I think a lot of people have the misconception about voiceovers. You just read it, but it's not. There's a lot of things that go into it. It's more acting than not because you have to be pretending to be somebody else, somebody who wants a Hoover or who wants a car. Or I kind of, I can't do children's voices. So I've done a few <laughs> animations, <laughs> pretend to be an eight year old girl and do like children's sounds and things like that. So it's kind of, it's quite diverse. And yeah, a lot of acting goes into it. Okay, that's what I kind of figured. I mean, unless you're like voiceover Pete, who just main, who's known for just being straight and saying whatever you say, right? But like that guy is just a legend of himself. I think, yeah, you know, I think some people just have that voice where they just do not have to do anything, and then they just speak, and people just love, love it. I mean, I love. I'm, I'm sure I have that voice. I'm gonna put myself down. <laughs> sure, I have that voice <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere, I, I've left it in a drawer somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so I take it then, especially 2020 and 2021, you've been busy with a lot of voiceover requests. Well, it came a, kind of came at a good time because I built a little studio from home towards the end of 2019. And then obviously 2020 hit, it was the pandemic. And I was just like, gosh, that, that was quite good of me, wasn't it? <laughs> quite good foresight to actually um, think of to do that because obviously the gigs were gone. Nobody was performing. Everyone had to remain at home. And so, yeah, actually the expansion of this whole online networking really opened up a lot of doors. And America, you know, I do a lot of business with America and it's just it's just been really good from that perspective. Um, so as well as obviously the bad stuff, but that was the, the good stuff that came out of it. Yeah. No, and now you're established and that's great. Yeah. I hear like voiceover actors who try to actually break it in, barely make maybe like five bucks a gig. It is, which is, and they maybe only get like two or three gigs a day. Right. I'm, saying, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're actually making a better income than that. Um, it is hard. I am, but it is, it is, it is hard. I mean, it's like a freelance, so it's not constant. Um, and it's a lot. Of, I do a lot of auditions per day. So I do work. Um, but it was easier during the pandemic from that level because I didn't have a life. So I was able to just do like auditions constantly. I do 20, 40, up to 40 auditions a day, but obviously like things opening up and I can't do that many because I've got other commitments. Um, so unfortunately that's why I was like, oh no, things are opening up. So that was the downside to, you know, the vaccination program. <laughs> yeah. But I want to say you guys have handled it uh, personally a little better than us in America. I think I'm not on your side, though. I guess we have because of the vaccination, I guess. Although we can't make people have the vaccination because we are a democracy. I know there are countries who like the vaccination is mandatory in the U.S. I think because you're such a, a really large country and your different states have different rules. And this is I think this is what we're seeing, isn't it? Every state has a different perception on it um one state i know florida they're not too um big on gonna do wearing masks feel like. <laughs> like, welcome to florida florida yeah they're not too uh, big on the vaccination stuff i guess <laughs> or the mask <laughs> i was in florida texas and one other place it's just like yeah if you go there you know you're probably gonna get covid yeah well <laughs> take a chance i guess right i want to say uh What's his uh, Joe Rogan went to Florida and, and he got it and he's like, oh, it's okay. I knew going there. <laughs> you're crazy. It is. Well, you're playing roulette, really. I mean, there are, you know, probably a large percentage where it's just like the flu or you just feel ill for a couple of days. But then there are that few that obviously die 
now have died from it and and that's a that was the worrying thing isn't it throughout all of this it's like you don't know because because it started with only if you had like breathing problems or if you have predisposition to those kind of a certain illness but now it's affecting actually people that don't even know that they've been ill and they've died from it I know a couple of people my sister's friends who have actually died from it they're young fairly young and they've never known that they've had any illness to warrant you know the, the severity of it so Russian roulette <laughs> it really is like I got mm. it COVID back in December of 2020 oh, and no. uh yeah it was job site because this whole crew came in and they knew the, the the big guy in charge he's gone now so I can talk shit about him but he knew they were all infected and uh, he just sent them in anyways mm. and took out like half the store and one of the guys that's still working there um his mom she was already on the out she had kind of already like six months and then COVID kind of just sped it up to two weeks. So that's yeah. where he's like, COVID didn't necessarily kill her. He just like, it kind of sped it up. She was dying anyways. Oh. <laughs> like, wow. You're having <laughs> your grief real well. Gosh, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're handling your grief real well. But yeah. um, no, and that was just one thing. That's what started me on this is um, like, I was literally on the floor just like shaking because I couldn't move and the COVID was just like ramping through me. I thought it was a really bad flu. And uh, I just decided once I came to and was recovered over all that, I said, no, I'm never going to be in that situation again. I'm going to figure out how to get out. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to literally sacrifice my life for some other one's profits. So what happened after that? Oh, I started the show and everything. Once I could actually <laughs> get up and move, it was like a marathon in my bed. She can see it. You guys won't. To get up from there to the other end is like 10 feet to my restroom. Yeah. Felt like I ran a marathon. Oh, wow. And I'm just sitting here going, <gasps> and it, my dad and I were both sick. And oh. me being me, I looked at him. I'm like, I can see where people die from this, but we're, we're tough son of bitches to kill. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> I think that's the that's the um, one of the side effects that I know some people are still still yeah like long COVID they're still feeling breathless they can't walk um, so it is quite you know I've had it's left people worse off than before they had it. I know this one guy. He lost his uh, taste back in early 2021. Mm. He still doesn't have it back. He thinks it's. He like he thinks it's gone forever. It's been more than a year now. Oh my gosh! Is there nothing nobody can do? Not that we know of. And I literally, I told him like, "Wait, you can't even taste like a watermelon biting into it." And he's like, "I can feel the texture. I can't mm. taste the sugar." Oh wow! I'm gosh. like, that's is a terrible life to live. That is. That's probably more common now. There's, they're discovering other side effects as well. I think from COVID, so we'll probably see a lot more. Probably. Mm. So. Honestly, let's get off the COVID depressing train. Um, <laughs> um, so tell me a little about your your younger self. You touched on it when you were six. Um, you were also mentioned in your bio earlier where we met on uh, the site that you had a condition when you were younger. Yeah. Was so, yeah. So what happened when, when I was one, I had cataract. Um, and so then the, both the lenses were removed and they were never put back because I was so small and obviously the eyes grow. Um, so I've had to wear glasses you know, big lenses until probably I was about um, 10. And I think I was one of the first children to have contact lenses, actually. But what made it 
um, even more difficult was at the age of four, I was diagnosed with sensory neuropathy type two, which means, I mean, talking about the taste, um, not being able to feel the taste, I can't feel anywhere on my body. And the only place I can feel is in my mouth, uh, which is lucky because then I don't burn myself, but I can't feel feathers on my skin um, and I can't feel when I've hurt myself. So the only time that I'd know or notice was when I'd see the blood coming out or if it got infected and then I knew it was really, really bad. So that was, um, I don't know if it's related to the cat tracks because it's all to do with nerves. I'm not sure. They never put an association down to it. Uh, but with the condition, the sensory neuropathy type two, it did kind of um, develop that I also had osteoarthritis, um, and which got quite bad at a young age. And then because of that, it affected my spine. So it affected my growth. So by the age of 11, I stopped growing and I was small anyway. So um, that wasn't too great. Um, yeah. So all in all, it's, it's it's been a tricky life. <laughs> but it's been a good life, though. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> the hesitation, yeah, no, no, like, what is going on here? Yeah, no, no, it, ha- it has. I mean, unfortunately, you kind of remember the bad stuff, don't you? And yeah. I was making myself remember the good stuff. It has been a lot of good stuff. I mean, the whole the negativity stands out. You remember that more. So it does, it is a little, a little bit harder to go back and pick up the good stuff. Uh, but I'm tried. I've tried. I've tried to do that. And, and not focus on the bad stuff but it's just it just means that every day is a challenge every day has been a challenge <laughs> so i'm just curious because i i didn't have anything to the severity of you i was more like misdiagnosed and was put on heavy meds at a young age oh so i was like well young six-year-old i'm still learning my emotions and i'm in a doctor so i'm really scared and then i go in and i'm like oh happy like golden globes and in the corner crying because there's a man skewering a pig statue so it's like the doctor because i was hooting and hollering in a lobby like i don't want to be here it's like oh he's just bipolar and schizophrenic just here's some meds send him on his way no at the age of six like like six or eight range that part i don't remember it's probably more eight but yeah and then um pretty much <laughs> I was on that for like 18 years. And uh, so for me, it was really hard to talk to people because I was super slow. Like I'm processing slow, but super emotional. Mm. And then there was always a weird third one. So it was either I was on a stimulant or this. So for me, just in general, talking to people, I got really mm. used to being alone in the corner, being the awkward one. And mm. uh, that's where I'm, I'm thinking it's a very similar situation for you. Yeah, I was shy. I was I was quite shy. Quite I used to I do like my own company. Um I mean, don't worry, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm a sociable person, but then right. there's, there's times where I just do like to be by myself. Um I think the fact that I've got two older sisters was a good thing because it brought me out of myself. They wouldn't really let me be by myself for too long when I was younger. <laughs> um that probably did help me. Otherwise, I don't know. It helped me to come out of myself as well. And and um yeah. So I have to be grateful for that for them, for both yes. of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, family is very important, especially in that yeah. arena. Um, so I'm curious, what was it? Um, you said you were classically trained in singing, right? Mm-hmm. So what was the process of that? Um, what were some of the, the the keystones leading up to that? Um, so you as a young person, your vocal cords are not. Um, they haven't reached their full potential. Yeah. So being classically trained, it's not actually doing the like, exercises and things because I actually don't agree that young kids should be trained like that. But what I used to do was we had a music teacher. So I just used to sing 
a lot and she would just watch and I kind of correct but I was started training properly uh probably when I was about 12 13 okay. and then I then I studied for my grade five and then my grade eight I needed my grade eight to get into music college so I had to do it before I turned 18 so actually I think I did it just as I turned 18 and my grade eight singing which enabled me then to to go to music college but everything needs to kind of come come at stages I think, especially music. And I think that you need to kind of develop at your own pace. Although I think the younger you start, probably the more beneficial it might be, especially for like musical instruments, five or six. I know people think that's too young, but I don't think that that's actually too young, especially on the piano. If they can hold the instrument, it's good enough. Exactly. And I think as long as they've got like maybe a 10 minute attention span, you can do something within 10 minutes. So I think it's good to start training, training kids when they're young. That's my thought. <laughs> there we go. Um, so this is more just uh, me kind of putting two and two together. So I take it with all the stuff that was going on, especially your sisters helping you. It was them being a little shyer than most. It was you. It was harder to interact with people, especially boys. Uh, yeah, and and I went to um, a private school, so we only had a small amount of diverse people there so yeah I wasn't used to talking to boys absolutely my sister was like go to the pub and I was 15 and I was like no I don't want to go to the pub (laughs) but um it helped at the age of 16 that I went to a tertiary college which means like an open open college it was Gassanon College and then there was just a ray of different people and loads of boys and different girls and you know boys with long hair I mean when I went to private school we all had to have you know the boys had to have it cut short yeah, no ear piercing, no tattoos. Went to six form college, different people of all sorts, lengths of hair, tattoos, piercings. So then it was it was good to kind of get me started. I don't think I was really comfortable, comfortable, probably until I went to university. Then I was at music college, there were just predominantly boys, predominantly men. So I had to get used to it very fast. <laughs> very and, fast. Uh, yeah, very fast, because there was no other choice, no other option. So that was actually good <laughs> for me, <laughs> socially. Yes, yes. Um, so then was it, especially cause you touched on it, it was the longer hair and the tattoos. Was that because it was new to you or you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. I want to talk to them kind of thing. Um, I was quite shy. So I used to probably wait till people would talk to me until a certain point. Um, it was, I, I, I liked it. It was diverse. Uh, I like the fact that they had long hair. I'm not sure that I saw that as future husband material. <laughs> You know, you know, kind of, I don't know why, you know, you get this perception. I've grown up because obviously I had so many disabilities and I used to watch a lot of TV and I used to watch a lot of American TV and a lot of American Ooh. soap operas. So I used to think kind of romance was like that. And I got very disappointed when, you know, music didn't just appear when you're talking to a, when talking to a boy or, you know, no candles lit up. And I was like, no, this is not why right no. So reality was a little bit of a letdown after all of that, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> no soap operas for children. That's what I said. No, no, mm, no. Unless it's like those Korean or Japanese ones where it's just like over the top. That it's like okay, just don't kill someone. <laughs> I think I used to watch. I don't know if you remember Monkey. It was called Monkey, um, and it was dubbed. It was hilarious. I think it was Japanese. Oh, um, no, I think I they did an Australian version now. It's on Netflix. But, okay, um, I'll have to look that up. Oh, it was brilliant. Back in the, I think it was back in the 70s. They did reruns like, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, that was good. 
<laughs> it was just the reason I bring up that one is like me and my sister, we were young and my parents went out for a drive. So this is back when it was cable TV. So we had to like mm. actually punch in different channels. Mm. We hit a random one. We thought it was a sci-fi channel and it was like the Korean soap opera. And we're sitting here going, oh, like full on, like this lady's on a crutch and beating this person. And my sister's acting like, how dare you sleep with him? You play with the dog. <laughs> oh, I never watched that. <laughs> no, it was just, it was just, we're like kids. And then uh, yeah. it was just funny because my mom comes home and like looks like, weren't you guys going to like watch Star Trek? And we're like, this is so much better. We're acting with them. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say I heard on one of your episodes, you're really into sci-fi. I am. I love sci-fi. I'm a bit of a geek. But that's what happened when I watched too much TV. But I have to say, I grew up in the 80s. And the 80s, I think they were brainwashing. The TV was brainwashing kids. Because my favorite sci-fi, or the first one I used to watch was Quantum Leap. I used to love I I watched new ones with my parents before we lost the package. That one's awesome. It was was quite ahead of its time. It really was. When it came out. And then you had things like X-Files. You had the Twilight Zone. You had... Um, oh gosh, the Outer Limits. I used to watch all of them Star Trek, Star Wars. Literally, I was a sci fi geek. I used to like vampires and like The Godfather, and that's not sci fi, but I at least <laughs> love The Godfather. But <laughs> yeah, I do Good like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because I grew up watching the old school 70s Star Wars. Mm. Um, so mine was like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and I just grew up, and it was just funny. Um, at a certain point when I got older, I'm like, that guy in the corner is a puppet. <laughs> My parents are like, yeah, it's the 70s. They didn't have CGI back then. I'm like, I can see the stick. It's a really bad puppet. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just one of those. I'm like, oh, man. But Aww. yeah, I loved it. was just like the one little like scruffy little guy and he runs off kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just one of those. I sat there and I've watched it so many times. I'm like, I never saw the stick before. Oh, but you know something nice about a stick. I don't know, something nice about an actual puppet. I know, obviously, it's really high tech now, and it's great that they've got all of these things, but so I don't know. Something... is like off the wall good. Yeah, I do like that. I got I got Disney just for that, just for the Mandalorian. <laughs> Same. I want to say after this call, I'm going to like put on an episode or two and just watch that. <laughs> now they've got a new one, isn't it? New, I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah, um, I think it's the Boba Fett one. That's it. I've got to see that. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think they're going to be able to continue the Mandalorian after uh, the actor got in all that trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they just put a new one. They always do. Well, yeah. Yeah, just never let him take off his mask. Exactly. It's, it's still him. You're fine. Uh... I know, right? I was like, I'm just getting into it. I'm like, oh, man, I can't. I'm, there's not going to be a third. Uh, well, maybe they'll like change the story or make it on another Mandalorian. I maybe. don't know. They always it's seem Disney. To... They have an army of writers and animators. They'll figure it out. Exactly. Or maybe they'll go into another universe or another time, like another, you know, like they're doing with Spider-Man and all those uh, metaverses that they've got going on right now. So all those superheroes, isn't it? Have, have you seen the latest Spider-Man? No, that's one. Actually, someone told me, like, you need to go see it. Very good. It is okay. really good. Yeah. And I'll skip Mandalorian. I'll go do that instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um. So, okay, then I take it then you're, uh, what's your um, Marvel Universe take? Um, I'm not, I, you know, I've only just got into the Marvel because I love Spider-Man is my ultimate. I love Spider-Man. Okay. So the rest, I'm not too sure about. I have just recently watched um, uh, Doctor Strange, which I love. Okay. 
I do like Doctor Strange. The rest, I'm not up on, so I can't really comment. I have watched Thor. Um, I'm not. I, I'm not too keen on Iron Man, um, Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna have to watch them all because they're all on on Disney Plus, isn't it? So I'm gonna have to watch mm-hmm. them all in order. So I just have to see what order they're they're in. After watching Spider Man, I did that just after Christmas. I was really like determined. And that's when I watched Doctor Strange, and I was like, right, I'm gonna watch all of them. But I just haven't had time yet. But I will. I'll, I will watch all of them in the order. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm gonna say I I just followed it because it was a good movie. But for me, the Avengers Endgame series, mm. like the first two were really good. But personally, at least the last one, it feels like they were like they overhyped it on a second one. And it kind of just fell flat. At least uh, from my okay. perspective, probably gonna hear it on Twitter. Like you don't understand. Uh huh. I mean, what's that other one? Um. Oh, what is that? That series Loki. That's it. I love that. Oh no, I haven't. I didn't know That's that was good. out yet. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That first season is already out. I'm not sure about season two. That was last year. Season one was out last year. Okay. Well, then I'm, mm. I'm definitely going to have to... Get, I got a whole list going here now. You do. <laughs> um, so, for you, I'm like trying to think of a question as we're going. Um, right. <laughs> it's the... Uh, for music on the the big stuff so like all this mm. the, the 80s music with like quantum leap and all that mm. do you think that inspired you for your your path down music probably i mean it's all weird stuff isn't it so my brain is a little bit odd i guess my first album if anybody listens to it they'll be like what planet is she actually on because <laughs> it's just stuff that comes out of my thoughts and um i just put everything that you know onto the album because it was more for me than for anybody else i did put it out because i thought why not but um so yeah no it did absolutely um you have to have a bit of uh, an outlandish viewpoint i think or thought process to be a musician otherwise you're not going to come up with anything creative uh so i think you have to be a particular mindset i don't know i mean i've never met anybody who's just like bought, like normal so to speak who's a musician there's always something quirky about them or, just in general, actually, just just people in general. I don't think I've met any boring, you know. No, I have. Don't get me wrong. I have met boring people, but <laughs> um, you know, a lot of musicians and creative people are far from boring. <laughs> they, I would say, and if anything, they could be like resemblance of normal, but to stand mm. out, they intentionally act interesting. Yeah, a lot of people like tend to put it on. So they actually probably are not boring, but they tend to be a bit more outlandish and say outlandish things when they don't really believe it, just so to make them um, appear like like they're mad or insane or like people take notice of them. It's like random names that people come out with. Why do they do that? It's just to make themselves stand apart from the rest. So a lot of people, you know, make their personality try to be out there when people like me are just, out there anyway <laughs> i don't really even have to try and be like that yeah it's like we're not trying to court everyone's attention we just want our select few exactly i don't need to do that i don't need to do anything really it's just who i am um yeah i remember i went to a concert to back in 2013 yeah i was mm-hmm. young it was 2013 i was just out of high school and when there was an underground band they're pretty mainstream now at least in california i don't know about anywhere else it's silverstein no, I haven't heard of them. They they were a indie underground band, but mm. at least here in California, they're pretty well known. Yeah, um, and it was just funny because I didn't. I was like diehard. I was listening to them, but I never saw the the like band members 
ever, like their faces. I just knew their music. Hmm. So it was at the warp tour, they were supposed to come and we, I was waiting just for that concert. And it was like two hours beforehand. And I'm walking this guy in a freaking like vest with like a garter and everything. And like all like steampunked out is trying to go to the restroom. And I actually like, I just shoulder checked him because I was like, I don't back out on chicken kind of thing. So I yeah. took him out and he's like cussing me out. I'm like, well, it's you and your fucking leotard bullshit. And I walked away. <laughs> Come to find out that was the lead singer. No way. And I went and got a, I went to the band afterwards and signed it. Yeah. Well, I guess I completely ruined his day. <laughs> like he was emotionally gone. He had to put it on for the show. So when Aww. he saw me when I was getting signed, the, the lead guitar is like, hey, hey, that's that jerk that got your butt all hard and shit. <laughs> oh, but hey, I'm sorry. Not, never forget you. <laughs> oh, they probably will never forget me. Yeah. And Wait to make <laughs> so I had him sign everything. I'm like, hey, sorry. Like, I just, we, you weren't moving and I'm not going to move kind of thing. <laughs> and the, so like it was the lead singer and the guitar, main guitarist got the signature. I got the whole band. I ah. actually have it like on a bandana they gave me. Yeah. And uh, the drummer's like, no, dude, seriously, you like ruined his day <laughs> as he's uh-uh. signing my thing. I'm like, cool. He's like, I was like Holy, he'll remember me. He will remember you. Well done. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just like the outlandish thing that uh, would definitely mm. play into it. Yeah. But um, have you done anything like that to help your singing career or is just you're just being yourself and that's it? Um, no, I, I don't think I have really. Um, I think it's just my person. If, if, if I have, then I don't know. But I haven't Probably. gone out of my way yet to be like that now. I want to say, especially being a musician and seeing that, do you think the whole intentionally causing controversy for attention is a good tactic or is it more fading than anything else? Um, I think if you don't care, then fine, do it. I think whatever feels right to you. If you can live with the consequences of what you're doing and it doesn't, you know, I mean, there's a, I know a lot of people think that if you're out there, then you're kind of a target, isn't it? For abuse and especially on Twitter and social media. But whenever I used to have, I mean, I used to have a lot of like dislikes on my YouTube videos and there's a lot of people that used to be mean and say mean things. And I, I didn't know why, you know, cause I thought that I was a likable person. I was like, why are people, you know, doing this? And then I, I kind of had to learn that people are going to do that no matter what people, you know, are going to dislike you. Not everyone's going to like you. They're going to say hateful things and you're just going to have to delete them from your brain because, you know, people, not all people are nice. So it's just learning to accept that. And if you can go for it, if you can't, probably not the best tactic to use. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be like a public figure or no. in like your case, a singer or a podcaster voiceover person. Mm. That's like the biggest one advice my grandfather gave me at a young age is, mm. well, he's like one of those collected characters in of himself. He was sitting there drinking like his fifth or sixth beer. And he's he kind of like turns to me. He's like, Josh, I'm like, yeah, he's like, come here. I'm like, okay. And uh, he's like, you ever, if you ever have trouble with people, you're never going to make them happy. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, and he's like, focus on them. And if you piss off people, that's fine but don't piss off the world and you're good to go. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <Good advice. laughs> 
And it was just one of those is at a young age that's kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to make everyone happy. Not everyone's going to be nice to you, but yeah. try not to piss off everyone in the world and you're good to go. Mm, that's all you can do. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's um, like for me, I joke with mm. uh, this show. It's like, oh, I, I really hope like eventually there's some people yelling at me that I'm doing a terrible job because then I air quote, no, I'm doing I'm like, I'm somewhere in the world, but it's like, at the same time, I'm like, I do like my isolation. I like being the shy. Don't look at me kind of thing. Well, you know, I think maybe this pandemic is good because it's got a lot of shy people out there and doing podcasts, isn't it? And putting themselves, I guess, making themselves open. Um, You can only do, you know, what you can do. And I feel being yourself and if you truly believe in what you're doing, then other people shouldn't bother you. It doesn't matter what people say. Everyone's going to dislike you at some point, as you said. So, you know. You can't do anything about it, and it's not your concern. So, exactly. So, um, I'm curious how before COVID were mm. you traveling around the world, produ- uh, like performing, or was it more local? Uh, it's because I'm not really mobile, so it was local. I had, I, and that this is the problem. I think if I hadn't had all these disabilities, and I'm not using it as an excuse because I've tried to do, especially with social media and YouTube, it's opened up my world a lot when I was younger, but. Um, I think I kind of got anxious a lot and I know that things will work themselves out eventually, but then having to work them up myself took, took a lot. So I I did have the opportunity to travel a lot, but I, I turned it down and I kind of focused on what I could do practically that didn't cause a lot of stress in, in my brain and it didn't freak me out. Otherwise I probably wouldn't have done anything going no I just want to hide in front of the duvet underneath the duvet because it was it, it took a lot to to do everything but to be honest with you it's like a lot of people I know Swansea is a little bit of a people don't really know where it is but actually it's where Catherine Zeta-Jones you know came from and Anthony Hopkins well Wales Anthony Hopkins and we've got a, a lot of Welsh stars that have come from here so a lot of people kind of come here to play. So I got to interview. I did quite a few interviews and I got to interview um, Clint Eastwood's done, Kyle Eastwood, because he came nice. to play here. I know. So things like that. And I got to interview a lot of people from Ronnie Scott's, the musicians. And I actually got to sing with a lot of them because they toured from here. And so even though I've been in my in my small little world, uh, I've, it's been quite open because a lot of international people have come here. So I can't say that, you know, I'm... I'm in a in a bubble my bubble has kind of grown now <laughs> even really though has. I haven't yeah I mean I do want to travel now that COVID is is opened up I've been to a lot of places I, I haven't been to America yet that's one place that I do want to go so I put it on my list um yeah for the future definitely I want to say <laughs> don't go to Texas or Florida right now ah uh, no not right now I, I do want to go to Florida <laughs> but not right now <laughs> it is pretty cool especially like the Ontario uh area mm. um I flew well probably around 13 or 14 uh 2013 or 14 when they just opened the harry potter world over there oh wow and um yeah it was just funny we were just there and all we went during a 110 degree heat wave oh wow and yeah in florida it's like 70 percent humidity but there's no rain at all so like you take a shower instantly you're sweating again Mm. but um, they have different weathers out there though now we're hitting a cold period isn't it it's quite well it gets hot and then it gets cold at night so i think um i don't know maybe like maybe east like april time might be a good time to go to florida or christmas time um yeah maybe um but it was just 
it was really funny when we were there uh the the lady was like driving us around like stereotypical all right everybody welcome to the the so hotel we can mind the water and we're like okay <laughs> and we're like why would we be worried about the water They're like oh the gators live in there and they'll probably eat you and they, <laughs> they just ate a kid yesterday and she's like okay as we continue and i'm like wait a minute oh <laughs> you know, literally as we're driving and she's like oh uh, also mind the pool too they they like the pool even though it's chlorinated and as she says that we look and there's big old lizard at the bottom and we're like oh welcome to florida <laughs> kind of thing yeah they do have some strange animals that live <laughs> but um yeah it was just it was fun and especially the the experience they had a lot of voice actors mm. like live acting mm. well actually it would just be actors but yeah. like in there going around but it was just like at a young age i'm like this is so cool even though that looks clearly nothing like harry potter from the movie this is fun <laughs> Well, no, it's not going to be Daniel Radcliffe, unfortunately. But that would be cool, though. That would be very cool, yeah. Although he'd be look a lot older, so he probably wouldn't resemble it, would he? <laughs> it would look more like the father. Like, why does it look like Harry all grown up? Exactly. <laughs> um. So, for in your area, um, mm. well, you mentioned like the pub and going there, um, or was there? Was there like a little like hole in the wall place that was like where you got your roots and you you realized, oh, I can do this? Uh, Yeah, it was. Yeah. What happened was when I was 16, so I made a group of friends when I went to Kassanian College and we started going to this place called Uplands Tavern, which is just a normal pub. But they used to have open mic nights every Monday. So I used to go down and my friends used to come with me and I'd probably sing like the same songs every week. But that's when I started like singing with live musicians. And then we did a lot of things in college, uh, music-wise. It was a great time that I went there. There's a lot of musicians, and the music department was brilliant at that time. So, and I think it's great for if you you know want to be an upcoming singer. It's it's great practice to perform with live musicians. I know a lot of singers tend to have a tendency to go with backing tracks to to perform, but I say if you can go with live musicians because it kind of makes you aware of what's going on around you. Whereas with backing tracks, you you learn what's going on and you're you're stuck in your own, you know, you're, you're not, it doesn't account for um, like noise and it doesn't account for when things go wrong. So the backing track can get stuck. Whereas with live musicians, they can go with you. And even if you go wrong, they can, you know, they can do it wrong with you and, and go to the next level. And, and that's what I loved about performing with other musicians. That was my favorite part is that you're not on your own up there on stage and you have other people to work with. And I love the interaction of performing live. And I do miss that, actually. I haven't done that for quite some time. Uh, I would like to get back to that. I'll say, sounds like we're going to have to like book you an event. I know, I know, definitely. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so your YouTube, you were doing it at like 16, right? Or were you doing it even younger? Oh, what, sorry? For YouTube, um, mm-hmm. how, how, what age range were you doing it at? Um, well, it, YouTube came, what did I do? When did I start? I think I started putting things on in 2009. Oh, wow. Like when it was like first starting. When it first started. So I had to learn because back then we didn't have, you know, mobile cameras uh, that or videos that went straight to upload. So I bought, I think I had to buy a ready to use YouTube video that uploaded straight because I, I remember downloading, I remember downloading the software 
that you had to convert and I find it really difficult I had to get one of my friends and it took such a long time and then I went to the um the store and I just bought a little a little camera which did it all for you so that's why I think that's 2009 I probably started later than other people that were doing it around my time but I want to see but that's actually really early adoption especially considering the time frame now yeah but Facebook came first didn't it so Facebook I wasn't on the ball when Facebook we had I had MySpace so I started with MySpace I know and then oh god going back there that was that was dreadful and then we kind of progressed to Facebook I think I did start a Facebook in 2008 maybe 2007 2008 um and then Twitter I didn't get onto that until 2011 2012 it was like 2011 2012 is when it was more mainstream adoption yeah even then it was more like oh there's actually a celebrity posting interesting stuff on Twitter we should probably download it just to see that Right. Yeah. But I didn't really see the the point of Twitter because it was only the celebrities that would have the following. So it didn't really appeal to me. Whereas Facebook, it was just my friends. So I would just do my friends. I didn't really grasp social media probably until much later than I, than I should have. Um, but uh, it's lucky, lucky for people, you know, starting out now, you've got TikTok and, and everything that people go viral, don't even try and you can post videos of pets and babies <laughs> be liking and go viral, which I think is quite funny. <laughs> it is. Um, I actually tried doing like the whole TikTok thing and it was really funny. I post my face, yeah. nothing. I post those fish though. I get like 10,000 views <laughs> within an hour and I'm like, oh, so <laughs> I don't know how there's 10,000 people who like fish, but. Algorithm. It's all in right. the algorithm of the apps. It's like Facebook. It's like a certain, it got to that stage where nobody was looking at the feeds because the algorithm wasn't letting them. So it was a lot to, you know, a lot to do with the apps. And I, people make people feel bad about themselves going, nobody's looking at their stuff, but it's not them. It's it's the app. <laughs> it, it really is. Mm. And that was the one thing um, I actually had a, an author on. And she was saying how like, oh, book TikTok is dead now. The algorithm won't promote us. Mm. And I'm like, yes and no. Um, there are always workarounds, but you can't just keep posting book content now. No. Well, so do um, you, now you might have to actually do those trendy dances kind of thing. Yes, exactly. I think you have to vary up. Although they do say stick to the same subject or something. If you want a following to gain your following, stick to kind of the same on the same line. And then you know, once you've got your following, you can be diverse, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I am on TikTok. I haven't posted in a while. But I was starting to get into it, and then I was like, oh. "So you have to be constant. It's like Instagram; you have to be constant, otherwise you lose the, you know, lose the momentum, and people don't seem interested. So it's hard. If you've got time, I always wonder how people are always on social media. And I'm like, do you not work, or do you not actually have do you not a life? have like an actual passion in life? Yeah, exactly. Like every, the whole time, they're just on social media all the time. So I do wonder about how they do it, how they how they keep that up. <laughs> I am too, because like I, a few of my coworkers at the current site I'm at, they're on like YouTube and Instagram for four or five hours a day wow. collectively, and I'm like, that's a lot. I'm like sitting there going, I could like interview at least two people during that, yeah. edit it, and watch a video on how to do whatever skill. I'm like, you just watching people and feeling sad for yourself. I don't like I that. Do. Well, I think probably there's reason, and they probably got paid for doing it, probably. About the amount of time they spend on there. But, no. Um, no. no. <laughs> they're just an average Joe. They're, if anything, they're paying the other people while watching the ads. 
That is true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that, that's one thing. Uh, I'm I'm starting to hear the similarities though, for especially with you, like. I see social media as a powerful tool, but it's one of those, like the algorithms, you got to mm. know the game or yeah. you're going to get left behind. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where you're sending to. Oh yeah. It's the same. It's the same with YouTube. People think, oh my God, you just got to post a video and you're going to get famous. And that is not the case. They have people behind them to push the video. you got adverts. So people don't become stars overnight. That's not the way it works yet people will have you believe that's the way it works so it makes people feel depressed that when they post something that they're singing it's not getting 10,000 views they haven't gone viral overnight um and and this is a misconception and I think actually that's quite bad for people's mental health Uh, I think maybe the good thing about the pandemic was it was opening a upper level playing field where a lot more people were becoming recognized so I think that's that's quite good but yeah social media has its ups and but it also has its downs and I think you have to recognize that along with you know it being a positive thing as well oh 100 percent. like uh mm. when i when i started this the podcast it was one of those i knew like unless i'm going to save just crazy blasphemous stuff i'm not going to get a lot of downloads so i'm like mm. i'm not going to go down that route and one of my coworkers who listens to it he's like oh um you must be getting at least like six seven hundred downloads and i'm like i was first starting like i'm lucky if i get six. Oh. <laughs> now it's much more but it's just one of those some he's sitting there going like what you're not making joe rogan money i'm like dude that guy's got through so much shit how am i supposed to make that much money like, how am i gonna deal with all that controversy too oh i don't know but you can get sponsors in you probably could make all that money you know but not being like out there but like getting sponsors that that um resonate with what you're do what you do and what you the message that you want to put out there oh yeah um, and i've had a few people reach out too and i'm like oh okay hmm. um I actually had to turn one down. It was like $10,000 an ad, but it was like this online gambling site. And I, I literally just wrote back. I'm like, no, my, my whole thing is helping my younger self. And I'm not going to mm. give my younger self a gambling addiction for $10,000. And the guy's like, that's Man, many people would for $10,000. And he's like, that's noble. How about a hundred K instead? And I'm like, no, really? Okay. <laughs> He's like, I can't go past 100k. I'm like, well, now I know you're stealing too. You but yeah, that down? wow. I turned it down. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna get because I know myself. I have a, an addictive personality. If okay. a younger, I I would feel bad because it's really easy to fake stuff on the mm. internet. Should yeah, it you, is. Should you probably not? But like, you could make a fake account, say you're 18, and have a gambling addiction. There you go. But then you do need a credit card for online for kids. Nowadays are so smart. They just go to mom's yeah. purse, take it, and they yeah, punch in everything. True. That is true. That is true. Yeah. That's a terrifying thing. I saw once mm. a t- toddler that didn't know how to walk was operating an iPad perfectly, though. Kids are very smart. I mean, and my sweet, yeah. Going like, yeah. You can't walk, but you can get into the browser, bypass your mom's whatever, and mm. this. And I'm like, man, are we going down a good path? I remember my two-year-old nephews, well, two at the time, he unlocked my phone, he got my Facebook password, and he went and he started messaging people, and he was two years old. I was like, hang on a minute. Oh, what earth? It was, it was um, scary. <laughs> it really was. Like, my, my younger cousin, um, his, he, he's in Idaho right now, mm-hmm. and it was one of those, because I'm what's the awkward kid, so I was very native on the, inter- the computers were more my friend than humans. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking like Fortnite and all that. 
And I sat there and the way he phrased it, I'm like, you figured out how to hack your phone, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, wow. You're like, what, under 10? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how? I'm like 20 something. I don't even know how to like barely install an APK on my phone. I have no idea. <laughs> I know. And that's where he's like, oh, I watched this YouTube video, followed this and this, this and this. And I'm like, I hey, just don't hack my phone. We're good to go. Gosh. YouTube is the source for everything. I would it say really if you don't know how to now. do something, just YouTube it and just follow the instructions. I've done a lot of things with the YouTube instrument instructional videos. Seriously, same here. Yeah. I, yeah. I I'm teaching myself how to do trading. Oh wow. And and um yeah. And one of those I just randomly typed in YouTube. I'm like, no one's gonna be like put up this this boring topic on YouTube. It's all about cat videos and good looking girls and singing. <laughs> nope, there was a whole legion of people. And um, mm-hmm. that's where I learned a lot of my tricks. And I'm like, huh, interesting. I'm like, you could technically make a career off anything on YouTube, but you might can. not get the views like everyone else does, though. No, we can start. That's how it starts. And then you probably you might you might get the views. Well, like this one guy named Graham Stefan, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. He just started off as a, like this real estate guy, edgy and yelling and cursing you out, like get it, go out there, buy your house kind of thing. The free real estate. And now, like, he realizes with YouTube, he's like, okay, I can't cuss or do half that stuff anymore. So it's like millionaire reacts to kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, and it's one of those, when I was first learning, it was interesting. But now I'm like, he's totally just pandering to the algorithm. I'm good. It is. You have to be a computer whiz to get your way around and you have to know, play the game. If you can study, it's like roulette, actually. If you can study the game or blackjack, then you'll probably be a winner. But you have to study it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it has to become you essentially yep um i'm just curious how long do i got you for uh what's the time uh, another few minutes <laughs> another few minutes i want to say this has been awesome i'm like sitting here going, we're probably gonna go for two hours and she has other meetings <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> um then actually i'll wrap it up real quick i got three mm-hmm. going out questions for you okay so, first one other than singing what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during these covid times Oh gosh, I'm a, I'm a big binger, Netflix, okay. Amazon, anything. So if there's a series out there, I will binge it. I've just, I'm, I'm quite behind actually. I'm just watching a, a series called Big Love, which is about okay. polygamy in America and Utah. And I've literally just watched, well, I'm on my end of the fourth season. I'm only been like a week and there's been like 10 and 12 episodes. So I've been just binging on Netflix and, and yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Interesting. Interesting. So someone aspiring to be like you, a an artist, a voiceover, um, what are some tips, tricks, or advice you give them to get down, start down that path? Do your research. As I said, Google is great and YouTube is amazing. I mean, I would all say if you just want to get into it, just do like those YouTube vocal techniques and it will really help you out. It's really not just like reading. I have to emphasize that a lot. There's a lot of technique that goes into it. So just learn it. I'm sure anybody can really <laughs> yeah. so go and just do it. Throw yourself into it. And then where can everyone contact you at? Well, I have a website at amysinha.com. That's S-I-N-H-A. Or I'm on social media or social media. Just come say hi. Give me a message. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> she has an awesome uh, social media, by the way, everyone. Definitely check her out. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end. You're a awesome person. Not many make it here. So 
being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.